1: Uh, We are live. Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, I am one half of your co-host, Blake Rafino, and I got the great, the viral video, (laughs) the man himself, uh, Terrence Copper, cop, a.k.a. TC. Bro, what's happening? I mean, look, last episode, I don't know if we can top it. Well, (laughs) maybe if Kim Kardashian comes on the show and talks about her first time being in the Superdome, maybe or if we are able to get the lady from San Diego with the trench coat. But other than that, I don't know if we're going to do it, but we're going to have a good time. T-City, what's up, man?
0: Man, not much. Blake, what you been up to?
1: Uh, You see you see the new Saints apparel, the gear, you know? I, I that, love it. The, that hat, the shirt. i looking like I'm about mm-hmm. to walk up in the club like I'm Fat Joe, <laughs> you know? Like, I'm ready yeah. to roll, bro. I'm ready to roll. We're doing good. Uh, so let's get into it, TC. Look, everybody joining us, do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to your Facebook groups. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Believe in Saints podcast. Go hit that follow. Subscribe. Believe everything. Go do it uh, for us. If you're listening to us on the audio podcast platform, don't forget to subscribe there as well. Uh, TC, we, we have some things to talk about. Look, football is so near to us. We're about a little bit more than 100 days out. And OTA started this week. Um, Jameis was there, walked a little bit of a limp, but look looked good. Okay. TC, but look, you know how the media is. Look, I guess technically we're in media now. uh mm-hmm. but people are freaking out. Oh my god, where's Michael Thomas? Oh my god, this guy's not here. That guy's not here, bro. Mm-hmm. It's voluntary OTAs. I mean. Please, is it that big of a deal if you're not at a voluntary OTA? Like, Or am I just going crazy? Is it a bigger deal than maybe I even realized?
0: You know what? It's a big deal to the coaching staff because the coaching staff trying to get all their players there to see what they have uh, and to get everything polished up. But the overall scheme of it, it's not a big deal. It's not a big right. deal because cause at the end of the day, it's still voluntary, but you still want to be there. So I'm not going to say that it's not important to be there. I'm not going to say that, but it's not as bad as missing training camp. Right. Training camp is a little different because training camp, and as much as we hate training camp, as much as players hate training camp, it is needed. You need to go through that. You need to go through that process of being sore, of, of being able to, Get the chemistry with your quarterback or with the team whatever it is and just to get back in the rhythm of playing football so you need training camp i would be more concerned about somebody missing training camp than i am otas because when you miss training camp that's when injuries occur when you try to get on the field and you ain't been through training camp that's when injuries start to happen so i wouldn't be it's not a big deal that they're missing otas right now now if they start missing training camp then that's something to worry about but right now i wouldn't worry about it
1: um I'm glad to hear you say that. Like, look, I look. You don't want to miss any time you, a right. receiver or your quarterback, and you're throw, you're running routes, you're throwing blocking schemes. Mm-hmm. TC, you, I mean, look, bro, you're in the pads and the helmet. I mean, you're not even in mm-hmm. pads. You're in a sh- jersey and helmet. I, yep. I, I get the reps. It ain't rep the reps, reps though. You know, like, right. it, It's a it's a glorified walkthrough. Okay, and. Mm-hmm. At least it was always for me, you know. Look, the offensive line's not getting a good rep. Uh, Peyton Turner, uh, 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 Cam Jordan, those guys aren't getting legitimate reps, you know. So let me ask you this: Do the uh, and OTAs do a lot of the veterans? What do what do the veterans do in these OTAs? I mean, especially if you've been in a place for so long, it's the same coaching staff and you're established. I mean, are you just trying to get loose and and get moving or? Are you really, like, diving into it? Because I would assume the veterans don't get into a voluntary OTA as much uh, as we would maybe think.
0: No. Honestly, they do.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> Look, so if you're there, you putting in work. you putting work in if you're there. You know, so it's not like, you know, the veterans are taking it off or anything like that. No. OTAs, they're working. You know, because it's the time to get back polished. Uh, it's the time to – to just see what you have to get back into the routine of actually being on the field because all they're doing, all they've been doing lately is just lifting weights and running, conditioning. So you finally get a chance to get out on the football field, doing football moves, going through your plays. Uh, they're going through the playbook. Uh, so that you're going to do that regardless. You're going to go through that playbook probably about three times before the season starts. So when, when rookie camp start up, the rookie's going to go through that playbook. They're gonna go through the playbook. And then once um, once OTAs start up, you're gonna go through the playbook again. And then when the mandatory mini camps start, you're gonna go through the playbook again. Mm-hmm. And then when training camps start, you're gonna go through the playbook again. You know, so you know, it's it's you don't wanna miss OTAs, but if you're at OTAs, you're putting work in. So it's not like you're just out there chilling.
1: So Maybe I should have re-alluded to what I was saying. I just meant like you're not you're going always full speed. Don't get me twisted. Mm-hmm. I just don't envision you doing a hundred percent of the reps. Is what maybe I was trying to allude to. Maybe you are. Maybe you are. Uh, I've never been an NFL player like you, so maybe I, I'm completely wrong. I just didn't. You know, I well, especially in today's league, right? Mm-hmm. Like TC, they got three other voluntary OTAs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't care that Mike Thomas is getting treatment in the facility. Like, I right. mean, I do care. Okay, mm-hmm. I care that he's not out there, but I yep. don't care. You know what I mean? Like, look, man, I want him there for training camp. And I know Dennis right. Allen today talked about that. He's like, guys, I mean, I don't want to say that he was trying to tell everybody to relax, but I felt like he was Aaron Rodgers today and was like R-E-L-A-X, relax. <laughs> you know, I so look, we'll see. Oh, we got a we got an ECU question in here, Terrence. Okay. Who's who's winning Week One? ECU or NC State from Crying Belly?
0: I'm gonna go with East Carolina, and not because I'm an alum, because truthfully, to be honest with you, you know NC State does have talent. They do. They have talent, and NC State is actually the favorites to win that game. They are. But the reason why I got East Carolina winning is for one, they come into East Carolina to play and then for two and this goes across the board with any college teams it's better to play those teams that are favorite It's ready to play them the between the first and second game of the season right you need to play them early because they're not clicking on all cylinders right yet they are still trying to figure out what they're good at just like everybody else is so if you're going to play one of the top teams it's best to play them early before they start figuring it out and hitting on all cylinders so I love playing good teams the first week of the season. Cause that's when the upsets come.
1: I agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, and shout out to our good friends over at bet online
0: guys, BetOnline.ag, our
1: partners with me, Terrence and believe in saints podcast. Go over there today, BetOnline.ag. use your mobile devices. To sign up today. Use the promo code. Believe that's B L E A V B L A B L E A V. Get 50% off your first welcome deposit. Let them know that your good friends, Blake and Terrence sent you on by, um, Chris Olave looked good today. TC, the first pick for the New Orleans Saints, mm-hmm. crisp route running. I, again, he in my. I, I'll cont, I'll continue to preach this. He is a he is a. I don't want to say shorter Justin Jefferson, bro. Those like I, look, I, I've been a lot of at L, a lot of LSU practices in my day. Mm-hmm. I remember the Jordan Jefferson. You know, like, I mean, Jordan Jefferson, Justin Jefferson. The what he called the gritty two-step in his route, yeah. <laughs> Olave's got that. Man, he looked really, really good today. Uh, TC, when you see a rookie with that much hype coming in, is there any words of encouragement or wisdom you give to him like, hey, man, just settle down, be calm, or or do you just let him ride? I mean, what do you tell – because, look, his hype is just building every single day. Is there anything you say to him when he's – because, look, he's doing fantastic. You know, like, mm-hmm. he looked great today. Do you just let him ride or you just say anything to him?
0: You know, you, you let it ride. You let him ride. You want him to – because what's happening is he's building confidence.
1: Mm-hmm. Every
0: time he have mm-hmm. a good practice, he have a – or forget practice. Every rep that he have, that's a good rep. All that it was building confidence, especially for those rookies. That's what they need. They need to build confidence, build confidence. Because at the receiver position, if you're not confident in what you're doing – If you're not confident in catching the ball, if you don't have your confidence, all you have is confidence at a receiver position. And if you lose that or don't have it, you might as well sit on the bench next to the coach because you're no good for the team without confidence. So every practice he have, it's just building confidence. It's building confidence. Now, the only time you really start talking to a rookie about kind of just being calm is when he starts to engage in what the media is saying. Uh-huh. You never want to. You never want to just hear. You don't want to hear the noise outside that locker room. The only people you need to listen to, and I hate to say it, like I said, we're kind of in the media now, but they don't need to be worrying about what we're talking about. They need to be worrying about exactly what the coach is saying, because that's all that matter is those guys in that locker room, not so much of the outside noise. So you definitely want your rookies not to getting not to get caught up in listening to the outside noise about certain things. And just making sure he stay an even keel. If you're going to talk about anything, just make sure you stay even keel. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Stay right in the middle. Stay even keel, regardless of what's going on.
1: Tyron Matthew made his debut in the Saints uniform today wearing number 32. Um, in the words of Cam Jordan, I still can't believe it's real that he's here. Um, different swag on defense. Uh, look, I know C.J. Gordon Johnson wasn't out there. I know some of the – Marcus Lattimore wasn't out there getting some treatment. Got – TC guys, physicals bruised up. Hey, mm-hmm. can you take a look at this? I mean, it, nothing really serious. Yeah. Um, guys weren't lined up, and from what I understand, Tyron Matthew was yelling at him and barking at him to get him get him lined up in the right position. It's day one. Um, I, I'm not saying Demario Davis can't do this. I'm not saying he he doesn't do it because he does. But man. I, for at least for me, especially guy playing center, when I see a guy coming in, okay, it was especially at least in, when I was in college. When I see a guy coming in who hasn't been here, who knows everything and where guys are supposed to be, I don't really say anything to him. I, I'm actually kind of blown away. When you hear that, when you see that, as a guy that's been in that locker room, when you would see that on the NFL perspective, is there anything that? When you see a Tyron Matthew coming up there, and knowing where guys are supposed to be, being a leader, uh, what? How much does that help you in the locker room? That guys in that locker room when they see that?
0: Oh yeah, he's setting the tone. He's setting the tone. He's he's laying down the law of listen, things got to be done a certain way. Forget the coaches. It's players holding each other accountable, and that's that's when you you have the best teams. Not because you got a good coaching staff. Of course, you want a good coaching staff. And at the end of the day, if you got if you're an NFL coach, you know a little bit about football. But it's all about the good teams. It's all about the ones that police each other, mm-hmm. that hold each other accountable, and are not allow just because we friends allow you to get away with certain things on the field. Because at the end of the day, if you do it in practice, it's gonna happen in the game. You know. So I love the fact he's coming in. He's knowing exactly what's going on. And he's holding guys accountable, and you respect guys like that. You know, you respect God. You you want to be held accountable because at the end of the day, if you messing up, somebody need to hold you accountable <laughs> because you might need to do the same thing to the next person. But it's not out of anything. It's not out of oh, I'm trying to be a I'm trying to be the head guy. It's just out of respect for the game. It's out of respect for the team. Uh, it's just out of respect. It's it's not it's not necessarily he's trying to be big headed or anything like that. But he understands how to win. And, you know, he's, he's been great in the NFL for a long time for a lot of reasons. And his leadership skill is, is just showing. That's all.
1: Outside of Drew. Now, look, story time exploded Tuesday. and So I'm <laughs> going to tease a little bit here. Outside <laughs> of Drew, who was the best, best leader that you've ever been around? Not coach, like I'm talking about player. Who's the best leader that you've ever been around?
0: Oh, that's a good one.
1: I know you talked about Keyshawn uh, mm-hmm. being a mentor to you. Um, would he be up there? But who was
0: the biggest? No, he, he wouldn't be up there with the, with the best leadership. Okay. He, he wouldn't be up there. I would say, especially from a young guy that came in, and I play with a lot of good guys, don't get me wrong, but it's just one guy that just jumps out at me, and it's Eric Berry. Man, I'm telling, I'm telling you, you, you love you some Eric Berry, man. I dig it. I'm telling you, man. Eric Berry is, to me, he's another guy. Another guy, that, like I said, I feel like he's just one of them. Them leaders, and you'll go into a dog fight with him any day of the week because of his leadership skills. And it's not, it's not because of, you know, he's talented or he was a talented player. He respected every aspect of the game. So, quick story about Eric Berry. Eric Berry came in, came into Kansas City as a rookie. He came in, uh, first round draft pick,
1: mm-hmm.
0: a lot of high expectations. He's a first round draft pick, but he's on special teams, killing it. Mm-hmm. Not only is he on special teams, taking every rep on special teams, now he wasn't on the, the punt team, but Kickoff team, he was there. Punt return team, he's there. You know, uh, kickoff team, he's there. You know, so not only is he a starter at safety and an All Pro and a and an All Star starter at the safety position, but he was taking almost every rep on special teams as well until later on in his career. So, mm-hmm. and then he was that guy that was the voice of the defense he was more of the guy that was you know he was the enforcer in that secondary and when it was in kansas city he was the vocal guy Uh, he was the guy that everybody rallied around and he came in as a young guy carrying his weight on his shoulders and he carried it well you know so eric man he's one of my guys that i feel like i just respect him so much i respect his leadership because of what he brought to the team mentality wise what he brought to the team work-wise. He was one of those guys, man, that it didn't matter what the play was. If if he's on defense, and this in practice, if Jamal Charles break loose and he's running for, because all the running backs got to score. Every run play, when the ball handed off, regardless of his practice or not, you got to run to the end zone and score with it. Mm-hmm. That, that was the rule. But guess what? Eric Berry would run right beside him. Every single play to the end zone. Mm -hmm. jog back to the huddle get lined up again next play he's running right beside him again to the end zone come back again he did this every single play every single practice you know and that's why i respect him so much and he's definitely one of those leaders that, that i can say one of the best
1: there's a couple things in sports when people do something you don't mess with them
0: in today's day and age,
1: if a guy doesn't wear gloves like Eric Berry did and he tapes his fingers, remember how <laughs> Eric Berry used to tape his fingers? If yeah. if you're on a basketball court with an older gentleman and he's wearing all-black Air Force Ones or all-black G-Nikes, you don't mess with that man. Eric Berry was a bad dude. He was a yeah. bad man. I'll never forget, T.C., when, um, that Florida game when he uh, – Everybody was like, no, you know, the all the media was like, nobody could tackle Tim Tebow head to head. He's breaking all these tackles. Mm-hmm. Tennessee and Florida came up and he he obliterated Tim Tebow mm-hmm. all night long. Tennessee would wind up win ten, I think, nine or ten games that year. And mm-hmm. Eric Berry was one of my favorite players of all time just because of his like hey, man, I'm going to light you up. What, did he talk a lot on the field? Was he a trash talker? Like, I could see Eric Berry being oh, yeah. like, you know, like, hey, bro, oh, yeah. I'm going to be here all night. You yeah. know, like like the Mike Tyson mentality. I, I see that in
0: Eric Berry. I'm telling you, he was the guy, like, before the game start, he didn't want to bring the defense up. He didn't want to give the chance. He came up with the chance that the defense to have. You know, so, like, he did all this stuff young. He was doing this young coming in, you know, so – like Eric Beric is my guy. That's that's who I would say is one of the top leaders as well. Uh, that probably a lot of people are not gonna give him his flowers because, you know, he might not be, like I say, uh Drew Brees or uh Aaron Rodgers. He might not be one of those guys, but he's definitely a leader.
1: Uh is there anybody else that in your time? I mean, I know we've talked about Drew, uh, but I kinda wanna I kinda wanna get to Dallas. You hinted something to me the other night uh in your time in Dallas. Uh, maybe not so much of a leader, but look, Sean Payton, Bill Parcells. I, I gotta know. Look, I know we'll we'll talk Saints, but look, we got a lot of time to talk about Saints too. Yeah. Uh, Bill Parcells. I, I mean, I, so let me, TC. I got I, I got a very guilty pleasure. I got to tell you what I do. I right. watch on YouTube coaches chewing players out, like because I feel like it's the funniest stuff of all time. Mm-hmm. Bill Parcells. I feel like. When he would talk to Bill Belichick, it was like not, it was so funny. What was your time like with Bill Parcells uh, when you were around him?
0: The first thing that I picked up with part Coach Parcells was he was a tough coach. Uh, he was a hard nosed coach, but he was a fair coach. When I say fair, I'm talking about he was a fair coach. It didn't matter where you came from, it didn't matter what school you came from, it didn't matter if you got drafted first, second, third, fourth, seventh round, or free agent. It didn't matter anymore. Once you was on the team, all that draft status, and it goes out of the window. It's all about who can play ball, who can play. You know, and, and that's what I loved about him. He was a tough coach. Don't get me wrong. He, was not, he wasn't just a tough coach on his players. He was a tough coach on his, his assistant coaches. coaches. Right. Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen him slap one of the coaches in the chest. <laughs> In the middle of a game, because the coach yelling at the referees. Coach Parcells, he oh, he, I, rem-
1: he, I remember that. He, I remember that.
0: He could not stand for his coach for his coaches or players to be getting on the referees. That was his job. If he's he gonna get a referee, let him do it. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the coaches, you know. So if a coach beside him and he and they're screaming at the referee, nah, keep your mouth closed. You know, he'll handle it. You know, uh- but.
1: Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: But I just I love the fact he was a fair coach. But when you get to the story part of it, All right, it's well, not a story well, about Coach Parcells, but it's a, it's a story about one of his assistant coaches.
1: All right. I, I, we'll get to it. I promise you. We got <laughs> about seven, ten more minutes. We'll get to it. I promise you. I want to circle back quickly to the Saints. Um, look, Jameis was there today, and I, stick with me here. We're talking about Bill Parcells, Sean Payton, obviously Sean Payton, and P- Carmichael Carmichael being off that tree from P- Sean Payton, Bill Parcells, and what they want to do offensively. Um, is there anything that when you see quarterbacks, because look at the lineage of the quarterbacks that have been under the Parcells system, right, mm-hmm. of quarterbacks. Is there anything that in this OTA process – look, we've seen, we've seen Tony Romo. Okay, we've seen Drew Brees. We've seen Jameis. T.C., I'm telling you, something's different with this kid. Something's different. Is there something that Bill Parcells taught to, like, Sean Payton, that then Sean Payton taught to Pete Carmichael or Dennis Allen, to where the quarterback position, these guys start changing and they're different dudes and they're they're just better quarterbacks. Did you ever – as a wide receiver, did you see how hard they were on them? Like, is there something that that goes on there – because now we're seeing Jameis being a lot more focused and, and, and intense. And uh, is there something there that maybe the common fan just wouldn't see that you would see on the practice field?
0: Uh, you know what? It's not necessarily. But one thing that always happens is everybody's getting held accountable. You know, so I think with Jameis, I think he's seeing that football can be taken away from him just like that. And that's anybody because of injuries you know, because of injuries. And I think now he's just coming back with a different mindset. He's not playing behind anybody. You know, he don't have to worry about his job getting taken. So I think he's he's really coming into his own and have a different mindset. Uh, far as when it came to Coach Parcells, one thing that he wanted from, from his quarterbacks, he want an all-weather quarterback. You know, and when I say all-weather, I mean it doesn't matter – what the weather is look we're still going to call our plays we're still going to run our offense it could be raining cats and dogs outside he need a quarterback that can throw in the rain you know it could be snowing outside he need a quarterback that can throw in the snow it didn't matter he needed a quarterback that was an all-weather quarterback and i'm quite sure that is exactly what uh coach Peyton, all the coaches under his lineage or preaching his quarterbacks, you need all all weather quarterback that can throw in any conditions. Uh, but besides, but besides that, you know, I really didn't hear him a lot of stuff, a lot of things about how, you know, what quarterbacks should be doing besides working their butt off. Like, that I saw. Mm-hmm. Now, if they say anything else in the meeting room, I wasn't there to hear.
1: It. Uh, so I know the three weather conditions. I mean, I know at least three. Okay, you mm-hmm. said the four weather conditions. Uh, dry. No. Not, not really. four, I was just saying. Oh, okay. Ambition. I was like, yep. bro. Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> like, man, what's the fourth? I said, you know, like, is there like something that we didn't know? Like, you know, no, uh, no. I, I, I was like, damn, bro, that what am I missing? Like, is my grade school education not coming to uh, fruition here? Uh, I love it. All right, all right, all right, all right. Look, it's time for story time. We got about five, seven minutes here. Mm-hmm. I want to circle back to Bill Parcells probably one of the more funnier coaches. I mean, it's probably not funny at the time to people. But, T.C., if you listen to him when he talked to Bel Belichick or Sean Payton, like, hey, Sean, you think you're fancy with all that razzle-dazzle shit you're pulling, but I want you to run the ball on third and one. What is your favorite or just best Bill Parcells story?
0: Oh, my goodness. I got a bill parcel story, but I can't tell you that one right now.
1: Oh no. Right now. oh no. Oh no.
0: Out look to the to the fans that's listening, I will get to it. We I will tell you a bill parcel story, but I can't tell you it right now.
1: Is this like a but, episode 100, you know, like we busted out on episode 100 type of deal or what? Is it like that? Yeah. Is it like that intense?
0: Yes, is is yeah, it's like that. But I can, okay. but I definitely can give you a story. Um about one of the coaches that was on that staff. okay, Uh, And he was one of my favorite coaches. Honestly, he's one of the reasons why I stayed in the league so long. So I got a ton of respect for him, but it wasn't, it's not necessarily a crazy story, but it's just the way he coached. So Todd Haley, everybody knows Todd Haley, I wanna say. Todd Haley is one of the most fiery coaches that you're ever gonna meet in your life. And, And if you don't know who he is, you might not get along with him because of the way he coaches. But luckily for me, when I got into the league, he was my receiver coach, my my rookie in my second year in the league. That's all I knew when I got to the league. So he used to dog cuss me every single day in practice. And I'm talking about when I say dog cuss, I'm talking about uh calling you dumb. Not just coach, not just Coach Haley, but Mo Carthine. Remember Amari? Oh, oh
1: Marthine? yeah. Oh yeah.
0: They used to dog cuss us. I'm talking about you, dumb mf'er. Like <laughs> that type of dog cuss. Like it was bad. It was bad. But but one thing he did it. But it was so bad. I'm gonna take the dog cussing got so bad on certain days or in training camp. Like we have a family weekend where uh-huh. the family can come uh-huh. in, you know, and come to practice and watch practice. Look, I told my family, nah, y'all ain't coming. You gotta stay <laughs> home. I told them to stay home because. I didn't want my kids. I didn't want my my, uh, my my girlfriend at the time, my wife now. I didn't want them seeing me getting cussed out in that light, mm-hmm. and then have to come home and be the head of the household when I come home. But they knowing what I'm getting when I go to when I go to work, you know. So I told them to stay home. Uh, but but Todd Haley, he's one of those guys, man. That he didn't care. He didn't care he had dog crush, but and I appreciate him so much now because what he did, he made me so mentally tough that it didn't mm. matter what anybody said to me. It didn't matter what things looked like. Just get the job done. And I was so mentally mentally headstrong because of his coaching that it was great because nothing bothered me on the field because he all oh, he pushed me so much in practice that the games was easy and nothing bothered me nothing rattled me and it also helped me out with life now Uh, when i'm when i'm in just living regular life now but when i used to come home after the season when i was in dallas i used to be so headstrong because i was getting militant coached very militant wise when it comes from coach haley that when i used to get home i used to tell my wife it was certain things she had to do or couldn't do or something like that i'm like nah listen i don't want no excuses just get it done. No, it was so I had to really decompress and really understand, okay, look, I'm not at work anymore. I'm home. Cause mm. and the reason why I say it like that, because when I when I first went to Dallas, my family didn't come with me. You know, they stayed back in North Carolina. Okay. So they wasn't there during the season. They'll come to games, but they wasn't living with me during the season. So it was when I came home, that's when I was just so locked in that I had to really kind of switch my mindset when it came to that. But it's, it's even with Coach Hayes, even when I had him in Kansas City, you know, it, at that point when I was younger, it wasn't as funny. It wasn't as funny because getting dog cuts like that. But when I got to Kansas City, he treated me differently because now I'm a veteran in the game. Uh, I'm battle-hardened, you know, I'm, I'm mentally tough now. So he didn't coach me the same way he coached me when I was in Dallas. But he coached some of the same, some of the players on that team, the way he coached me when I was in Dallas. And When I tell you, it was so funny, it was so funny watching guys' reaction, and then the sidelines, watching the reaction. This them sidelines could be crazy, especially when you got a fiery head coach, and he just cussing everybody out. <laughs> He's cussing <laughs> at everybody. Uh, I'll tell you a, a quick story that. Uh, I don't even know if they want me to tell it, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Tell it. <laughs> one of the quarterbacks uh, and one of the receivers, I, I can't tell you who the quarterback was or the receiver. You figured out or you know, I let, let the fans figure it out now. But it was a play that went on. And the quarterback threw the ball and the receiver dropped it. Or he ran the wrong route or something like that. And so the quarterback is on the sideline. Now side, he's in the game waiting for the next play. And he was like, I can't tell you the quarterback was go and punch him in his face. <laughs> go hit him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> that was one. He, he was telling him to go, go punch him in the face. The receiver that dropped the ball ran the wrong route. Go punch him in his face. He was like, uh, he was like, I'm not giving you another play until you go punch him in his face. And this is the quarterback telling me this story. The quarterback told me this story. Um, but it was just so funny the antics, And there's a lot of other antics we can talk about that Todd Haley did on them sidelines or in games or in practice, but truly Todd Haley is the reason why I played in the league as long. Uh, he's the reason why uh, ultimately in the reason, one of the reasons why that I'm able to run my business when I'm able to run it, uh, my mental toughness on and off the field, So I owe a lot. I get on, I I talk about Ty Haley a lot lot when it comes to just joking on about certain things Mm -hmm. with some of my friends and the different things that I went through dealing with Coach Haley. But he really made me and sculpted me out to be the man that I am today because of his coaching, the tough coaching that he gave me at a young age coming into the league. Uh, So when you come into the league like that and that's all you know, that type of coaching, every other type of coaching is cakewalk. Because you go into it that way, All right. so go, that's why that's a quick story about him. But I'm thankful for him.
1: Uh, well, first off, Todd Haley's the head coach of the Tampa Bay uh, Bandits of the XFL. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So we need to try to get Todd Haley on here. Um, let me ask. Let me ask you this: uh, a couple questions I'm going to ask you, and kind of rapid fire, and we'll, we'll wrap this up. But do okay. you think that's why him and Big Ben didn't get along because of how he is and? I don't want to say Big Ben's mentally weak because, look, man, everybody's different. You know, like mm-hmm. you might be able to only take so much. Um, but do you think that's why him and Big Ben just didn't get along? But it's because of how he is as a coach, or?
0: Well, I don't. I don't know their relationship or what went on when he was there, but that could be a reason. You know, I'm not saying that it's not, and I'm not saying it is. But I know Coach Haley' coaching style and everybody like i said earlier if you don't know him you might not like him Mm -hmm. because of his coaching style but if you actually know him and understand what he's doing then you know you'll just you'll live with it but but it's also it's hard for guys that's been in the league for a little while to run into that coaching that haven't been coached like that before well so that was my
1: to rudely interrupt you tc that was my next question okay um Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts when you're coming in? Like, I mean, I know that today's society is much different today than it is when, when you were coming to the league, when I was playing football. You know, mm-hmm. like I had an offensive line coach say that he was going to buy a dog and name it Rafino, So every time he gets <laughs> mad, he can kick the shit out of it. You know, uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, so it's different when we were coming up versus, you know, kids today. Mm-hmm. Um. But what were you thinking, like, did I could see Todd Haley be like, this isn't East Carolina University anymore, TC. You know, like, you know, what, what were you thinking? Were you like, oh, shit, I ain't going to make it. You know, like, what were you thinking when Todd Haley was going off on you like that?
0: The first thing I was thinking was, okay, a lot of times your manhood does get, you know, I'm not going to say questioned, but he pushed buttons. He pushed buttons and as a player with me, just trying to make the team and I know what I wanted. I know I wanted to play in this league. I just felt like this was how the NFL coached. I didn't know if, if it was different type coaching in the NFL, because again, remember I came in under coach Parcells, coach Haley, Mo Carthon. So these guys, these rah-rah type coaches that's all I knew. So I, I haven't been to another team to even know if coaching is different. So I felt like, okay, this is just something I gotta adjust to. But then and but I also had Keyshawn Johnson there as well. Mm-hmm. giving me pointers. Listen, don't take it personal. Just listen to what he's saying, not how he's saying it. Because again, Coach Parcel, not Coach Parcel, but Keyshawn Johnson was with Todd Haley and Coach Parcell's with New York Jets. Right. So he already right. kind of understood how Coach Haley coached, and so he kind of mentored me on that part of how to handle that type of coaching. So I never got out of pocket about it. I just – like he said, I just took what he said and not how he said it.
1: So when you have an all-pro-bowl guy, like an all – like legitimately pro-bowl guy saying – just listen to what he's saying. He's he's telling you the right thing. Forget about what the the, the dude's saying. Um, mm-hmm. it, like I take that as a form of leadership. You yeah. know, like, look. He can't control himself, but what he's saying is right. You know, like mm-hmm. when people are yelling and arguing at you, about ninety nine percent of what they say is probably true. You know, right. like you've right. been in that argument. <laughs> um, so does that set the tone for like how everybody else views him as a coach? And then let me ask you this: when you went to your when you went to the Saints, and I don't I don't know if your next head you know wide receivers coach coach you any which way, but. If he wasn't like Todd Haley, were you like, oh, man, this is fantastic? <laughs> you know, like, oh, my God, this is what I thought the NFL would be.
0: You know what? So, once I got to New Orleans, uh, Coach CJ, called him Tiger, he was the uh, – Curtis Johnson, he was the – Shout out LSU.
1: Coach. Yep. Yep.
0: He was the receiver coach. Now, he wasn't a fiery rah-rah guy like Coach Haley was. But when I tell you Coach Johnson knows his stuff, like he's probably right, right ahead of Coach, Coach Haley. Probably was the best receiver coach I ever had.
1: Him, wow. and, him, and Todd wow. Haley,
0: him and Todd Haley are really close. But I'm gonna give the edge to CJ. But he taught me so much when it came to the receiver position. That's why when he was when he was in New Orleans uh last year and years before. I really wasn't worrying about the receiver core. I knew – now, talent-wise, that's mm-hmm. different if you got talented receivers. They may not be as talented as receivers as you want them, but those receivers going to know their stuff. They're going to mm-hmm. know how to get open. They're going to know exactly what they're doing because you had Curtis Johnson, Coach CJ, in the building teaching them these things. I know this firsthand. He knows his stuff. So, for me, it was different because I wasn't getting the, the rah-rah type stuff. But I was getting coached very well and very hard. And he was still one of those coaches that would be honest with you. He didn't sugarcoat anything. He was a real honest coach about things. But he knew exactly what he was doing when it comes to coaching receivers and developing receivers.
1: hundred days away, man. I I mean, when we add – look, TC, here's, here's what the interesting thing about podcasting is. People get to learn you and your stories and, and then when we get in the season, they were like, Okay, well I remember when T C said this, that's mm-hmm. why this receiver's not doing that. So I think that this we're in the off season, but we're learning. The viewers are learning, the listeners are learning. Uh, and so I love it. Look, man, this has been a fantastic, fantastic week. Fantastic yeah. week of yeah. stuff. We'll have a lot going into next week, you know, OTAs and then minicamps yep. start. So I mean, we're here. We're here, man. So we're finally doing it. All right, guys. We will see y'all next week. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. Y'all, y'all be good. We'll see y'all soon. Peace out, Girl Scouts.